Hey guys, this is episode two of the Daily Hustle podcast. I'm here today with Christopher Shalala, good friend of mine. He is involved in a whole bunch of things. He is a building certifier from what I know. Um, He works out pretty often. He's a fitness guy too. And today we're going to find out more about him and what he does in his day-to-day life. And so the reason why I've got asked Chris to be my very first guest to be on my podcast is... One, of course, he's a good friend. Uh, but secondly, I think he really does embody the daily hustle, and I think he can provide a lot of value to us in this podcast. So to start off, I'm just going to ask Chris. Chris, um, tell me about what you do day to day at the moment. What's your sort of day look like, and what, what do you surround yourself with? Uh, Kelvin, firstly, thank you very much for having me as part of the Daily Hustle podcast. As we said, we've been a pretty good friend of mine, and it's it's an honor to be part of your podcast as well. So. Um, look, my name is Christian Shalala, as you've said. I'm involved as a building surveyor, so I work in the construction industry. I essentially get involved with day-to-day clients um, for all type of projects across Sydney, uh, or New South Wales, I should say. Uh, so anything where it comes from building a childcare, granny flat, swimming pool, whatever it may be, um, the clients come to me, so I speak to architects, engineers, whatever it may be, and I just build, uh, issue them with the building approval so they can go ahead and do those physical works on site. So. Um, essentially, I work in an office, which is nine to five, but my mindset isn't limited to that nine to five. It's more of, you know, um, working that 12 extra hours. So um, besides moving away from my work career, I also get involved in fitness. I try to work out between five to six days. The beauty of fitness is that it keeps me sane. So then <laughs> I can also produce at work. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't just have sure. the thing where I'm at work now. You know, I'm just purely working, but then yep. at the gym, I'm just focusing at the gym. They, there's a balance or a connection between the two. Right. So my performance in the gym then gets outputted into work as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I work as a building certifier. I've, my own side hustle is doing consultancy, where I, it off branches off my primary employ- uh, employment. Um, and then, yeah, so they're my two main focuses. And Beautiful. I work. I train in the gym. Beautiful. And so you mentioned with gym, you you like to integrate it within your work as well. I know what you do is you work out during your lunch break, is that That's right? right. Yeah. yeah. So how does that work? Like, do you do you eat lunch at all? Or what's it sort of like? Uh, so I actually get that question a lot. People say, don't you eat? And honestly, <laughs> I eat as I'm working. So right. my lunch break is, I've told my boss, look, I'll produce at work. I'll hit the numbers, whatever you want. Just give me that one hour lunch break because technically we're only entitled to 30 or 45 minutes yeah but i want that extra i just want that hour and i'm happy to come in early stay back later that's fine yeah so i do train at lunch okay um i do that for an hour say four four days during the week and then i'll have my lunch break as as i'm working okay cool yeah and so do you think that you're you can still stay productive while you're eating as well and what do your meals look like all right, so lately my meals have been my muscle chef. Okay, beautiful. Shout out my muscle chef. Um, so <laughs> Sponsor <that's>, him. <laughs> yeah, so that's been really good. Um, and essentially, the food that I'm eating, I only need one hand. You yeah, know what I mean? I'm not, eating a, a whole, I'm not holding a fork and a spoon where I have to feed myself. I'm using chopsticks anyways. To be nice. So <laughs> nice. I'm using one, one hand and I'm still producing. But yeah, right. at the same time, when I know I'm eating, the way I do it is I schedule something that doesn't involve me to physically use my hands. Right. I'll read and then I'll reply to emails or something. So I'm still working, providing that value. Yeah. But I can still eat and feed myself at yeah. the same time. The thing I, I really admire about you is that you think about every single move, every single action that you do in a way where it ensures that you're still producing value, you're still working as efficiently as possible. 
Yeah. I think that is something that I really, really admire about you. And I think a lot of people can take a lot of um, good sort of value from that. Yeah. What sort of inspired you or has motivated you to think in such a way? Okay. There's a quote that my uncle, who's also referred, whoever follows me on Instagram, Krishalala, it's referred to as the enforcer. <laughs> so my uncle's always taught me that the most important and valuable asset is time. Right. Very true. Everyone knows that. Some people know the quote, but they don't implement it. Whereas, for example, myself, I know how important time is and I make sure that if I waste an hour or waste half an hour or a whole day, I'm never getting that time back. And when I've wasted that time, I know someone else is still there working, mm. you know? Yeah. Now, I'm not someone who's very competitive and I'm looking at putting myself on top of anyone else. It's not like that, but it's me versus me and I don't want to... I make sure that every decision I make, I'm accepting any consequences that comes with and I'm just looking at executing any opportunities in, you know, in that present moment. That's very important, focusing in the present moment yeah. and not getting so caught up in your subconscious mind and overthinking and yeah, dwelling. Sure. And I, fall, I do that. Like yeah. That happens to me as well. But there's a trick where you count 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 mm-hmm. and you close your eyes and there's science behind it that your brain just automatically refreshes type of thing. Yeah, right. So, yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of the stuff that you do and also for myself, it starts from your mind, right? Yeah. It starts from the brain. And anything that you do, anything that you have to execute starts from the brain and gets transferred into an action. Yes. Right. Every time that happens, you're basically, it's a transaction, right? Yeah. You give and you, and you get a result. Of course. And I think what people sort of lack or not lack, but just don't think about is the fact that your actions have consequences. Mm. I think a lot of people are executing or performing actions, but don't really think about the consequences that come as a result. Yeah. And I think a lot of that can relate to a lot of people who, for example, don't go to the gym instead. Yeah. They don't see that as much of an action, but it should be because if they don't go to the gym, they're not going to get a result. That output exactly. is an opportunity that can, they can use in whatever way. Something as simple as wasting half a day watching a whole season. Yeah. That is an action mm-hmm. that people aren't even realizing. Yeah. And the consequence is you wasted that entire day. Yeah. And then they say, oh, like my mate, for example, called me saying, man, I don't have enough. Uh, there's not enough time in the day. Mm. I want to do this, 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 but I don't have time. I'm like, what time do you wake up? How many hours are you sleep? 10 hours. 10 hours. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? So there's very minor, small things if people actually like awaken themselves to and yep. realize yeah. it makes a big difference. Yeah. And on the topic of sleep, uh, you literally messaged me the other day talking about how, mo- how important sleep is though. Yeah. Chris and I are both not advocators of not sleeping. Yeah. We're big advocators of sleeping. Let's share your insight on sleep itself. Okay. Like how much do you sleep right. and how do you see sleep as uh, in terms of how it fits in your life? Okay. To answer that, let me just be honest and say that I was a victim of who used to sleep 10 hours a day. That was me. <laughs> yeah. So I, I admit to that. But okay. that was when I would say seven, like 18, 17, 18, 19 even. Yeah. My uncle used to come to my room, bang my door open and say, what are you still doing? How many hours did you sleep? So he's the person that made me realize that I'm oversleeping. Yeah, and right. I started reading on successful people and athletes, even athletes, people mm. that were so active. I read how many hours did they sleep? And they say seven, eight hours is like a reasonable amount of time. So I do sleep seven to eight hours. If I get less than seven hours, I need coffee. That's just how I am. I need that caffeine. But Mm -hmm. I need seven to eight hours to be able to have that mental clarity, to focus, to produce. Um, So I've now learned how to not oversleep and you know, um, just limit myself to that seven, eight hours and I'm ready to go. And so let's talk about your day. So what time do you usually wake up? You have your nine to five. 
Uh, obviously, gym during your lunch break. What do you do afterwards and what time do you, do you wake up and sleep? Okay, so this is my final year of uni. So that's something that's still in my schedule. So I wake up 5.30. I don't get out of bed till about 6 o'clock because me, myself, myself, they say the first 15 to, or sorry, 20 to 30 minutes determine your day. That's why some people like David Goggins says you shouldn't wait, you shouldn't, as soon as you wake up, check your phone. Because if you read something or you see, mm. some people get affected if they lose seven unfollowers, for example, on Instagram. <laughs> if you, they have like a bad start to the day. So yeah. that first 15, 30 minutes, I actually just wake up, close my eyes, I give gratitude. That's, that's, right. that's me. I give gratitude, the opportunities presented to myself today, the life that I live today, I just give gratitude. After that, I wake up, I get to work, say 6.30, 7 o'clock. I write down my schedule. That's the most important thing. Just writing down simple what I want to do today, whether it's my Phoenix work, going to the gym, and then I finish work 5.30. If I have uni work to do, that's the next thing I do straight away. I don't go to the gym afterwards or go home and try to do my uni work then because I realize that I'm, my mind's too clustered and you know, mm. like occupied. So as soon as I finish work, I have a 20 minute break, start my uni work at, at work, do it there, um, and say I'll get home maybe nine o'clock, give myself 40 minutes to relax, eat, and start another day. Beautiful. Yeah. And so I know that you're also involved in stocks as well, the stock market. Yeah. How does that fit into your schedule too? That's, it can be distracting, yeah. 100%. Um, I'm slowly learning how to distance myself and understand that this is only a passive income not a full-time thing, so I don't need to constantly look at. But the way it um, forms part of my schedule is on a Sunday, I'll prepare my, look, I'll do my research, all that stuff, prepare myself for the week. 10 a.m., I when the market opens, ASX, I'll have a look at, you know, the pre-market performance and whatnot. And then throughout the day, I'll just check here and there. The only reason I get distracted is because I have a group chat with a few friends. <laughs> and this group chat, if you don't look at it for 20 minutes, you're getting like easily 60, 70 notifications. Yeah. So, that's what distracts, distracts me. Not right. so much my portfolio in the shares. Yeah. I don't care about that because mm. when I invest, if I'm not day trading, I have a, I have a plan. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that, it's long term. Yeah, exactly right. So the, the daily fluctuation doesn't affect me. What affects me is my mate who's freaking out because he's down 70% <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, essentially I do look at the market Monday to Friday between yeah. 10 to 4 p.m. Yeah. Um, and then I do a lot of my research um, at night or in the mornings, um, but yeah. Yeah, right. And so let's have a little summary of your day. So you wake up at 5.30, you give gratitude for the first 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. You wake up, do whatever you need to do and get to work around what, 6.37? 6.37, yeah. From there you just work your best you can until lunch. Yeah. Um, you obviously eat as well and then you go to the gym. Yeah. After that, you come back to work, smash out what you can until 5, 5.30, and then doing your uni work at the office while you're there. Yeah. And then at, when, you, when you get home, you would be basically settling down, relaxing, calming down, and getting ready for yeah. the next day. Yeah. Beautiful. I know for me, scheduling is very important, not just for day-to-day activities and what I want to achieve throughout the day, but also throughout the week and throughout months even. How long do you sort of schedule for, if not day-to-day, and where do goals sort of sit in that plan for you? Okay, so I do have weekly tasks, daily tasks, so I'm keeping myself accountable. But as you're saying, I do definitely have short, medium and long-term goals. So mm. I'm 23, turning 24. I've already set in my head by 26, I want to have my A2 or A1 accreditation. So that's a goal I've set already. I've already written it down. Um, same thing where with investment properties or 
any time or any uh, source of investment, I've already noted down that by this age, this is what I want to achieve. Now, when I have that goal in place, every day or every week, the activities that I'm doing is leading to that goal. You know what I mean? So yeah. this people, the the thing that society may get a bit confused about is. It's like they want overnight success yeah, or sure. they, they're expect they're so overwhelmed or stressed. Why haven't I achieved this? Mm. Why isn't it here yet? Yeah. You know, because they, they want just, they want that goal to come to them. Yeah. Instead of overwhelming and stressing out, they should be doing those activities consistently, mm-hmm. consistently. Over time. Over time. 100%. Work on that thing yeah. and it will eventually come to you. That's it. Do you know what I mean? 100%. It's not, the thought of it isn't enough. You actually got to do you. That's that's why Nike is so amazing at just do it. Mm. You need to do the work. Yeah. So I do have my medium short term goals. I do at times get overwhelmed. Like why aren't I there yet? Yeah. And then that's why I have influences in my life that remind me with consistency, patience, and believing it that goal yeah. will eventually be achieved. And I think I have a very similar mindset too. I think what what we can draw from that what you just said, there are two concepts that I like to refer to. The first being delayed gratification. So with delayed gratification, that really just focuses on long term, right? Nothing can come, nothing good will come overnight. You know, you might maybe get, what, 70% up in a stock, but is that really going to last overnight? Will that last, you know, a week? Will it last a month? Instead, what you should be focusing on are the actions that you can perform every day over time consistently in order to get to where you want to be. And it's not just goals in terms of financial or, or free career. We can really relate this back to fitness too. And with fitness, if you're, for example, trying to gain weight or you're trying to lose weight, same thing. You're not going to lose 20 kilos of a night. You're not going to lose 10 kilos of a night even. You're not going to lose 5 kilos even. But what's going to happen is over time, if you keep doing the right things and executing and putting action in, over time, if you perform consistently, you're going to get to your goal. And I think a lot of people, yeah, like you said, don't really look at that. People overlook it and people just assume that, oh yeah, this guy's driving a Lamborghini. They don't see the 30 years of work that they've had to work, had to you know, grind and hustle for so long, for so many years to get to where they want to be. Why don't they see that? Because the person doesn't show them that. Yeah, Do you get what I mean? Yeah. That's social media. That's 100%. the killer behind social media. Yeah. They have their highlights. Look, I'm getting goosebumps because I, I'm the same. I think like that. They put up their highlights or their posts or whatever it is, Lamborghini or Rolex, you, you don't know how they got there. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, don't, they don't show you that. 100%. Because they don't show how many mental breakdowns they've had. Yeah. Whether they've gone through depression, meltdowns. You don't, they don't show you that. They yeah. just want to say, look, I'm living my best life. Yeah. But mate, if you want that life, if you want to become in whatever success is defined to you, you're going to have to go through that process. That process isn't, you know, sunshine yeah. and rainbow. So. And I think, yeah, people get too sucked into that whole mentality of, yeah, look at this guy, this guy can do it, why can't I? Yeah. You know, they don't show, like you said, they don't show all the challenges. I'm getting goosebumps too now. That's what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> they don't, you don't see the challenges, you don't see all the shit that they've had to put, to, put through, all the, all the sacrifices that they've had to make. And I think this is a good sort of avenue to talk about the challenges that you face. I guess recent challenges that you have would have been, been dealing with or, or any significant ones that you've faced recently. Okay. One of my biggest challenges is... Almost 10 years ago, when I was 14. So this was pretty much my make or break. Now, don't want to go into too much detail because it relates to a family thing, but just it was a family challenge or, you know, family situation that was either going to say, look, you need to move, let's say, Canberra and make a life there or you got to stay here and change your life. Right. So that was a big challenge for me. And the person who gave me the opportunity and helped me through everything and made me the person I am today and overcome that challenge 
was also my uncle Richard. So the enforcer, the, the enforcer. So <laughs> there's a reason why I always talk about this guy because he's like he's created who I am. And from what I know, he God. he owns the Phoenix. 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 That's right. Yeah, that's so right. he's given me a job right after HSC. He's given me a house. He's, you know everything. So that was my biggest challenge back then because that was you need to either go out into a completely new environment and find yourself or stay with me. He let me move in with him, stay with me and I'll help you throughout the way, but you know, you gotta do X, X, Y, and Z. A short-term challenge, obviously every day working as a certifier is very challenging with <laughs> the clients you're dealing with and whatnot. Um, so that, that honestly is a challenge as in working with someone and just having to provide you know, so much value and assist them with whatever they need. Look, some might laugh at this, but I'll be completely honest with you. One of my challenges was three years ago, and it was to do with overcoming a breakup. Yeah, right. And I'll be open about this because the person I am now is very different to who I was in that relationship. Okay. And that breaking up from that relationship really pushed me to become who I am now. Because let's just say when we broke, like when that, when that relationship or that journey finished, what opened up for me was the gym. Right. My outlet became the gym. So uh, <laughs> I'm linking this back to fitness to show the power that exercising and independency really has. And that I only found that within myself after breaking up in a relationship. There's a good quote that I, um, I don't know who, who made this up, but it's like, heartbreak's the best pre-workout. That's it. Honestly, <laughs> it honestly is. Yeah. Uh, it is. I think with, with exercise as well, I think a lot of people will actually turn to exercise or turn to the gym whenever something significant happens in their life. And it is, it's such a good outlet and such a good sort of breakaway from everything else that you can just put energy and time and effort into. And the results that you get back are positive. Yeah. Going to the gym will never give you a negative result unless you severely injure yourself, which yeah. is rare. I think the, the biggest thing that people don't understand is the gym isn't something that you should be forced to do. Mm. It's something that you should go and enjoy. And if you're not enjoying it and you feel like you're getting a negative result from it, you've got to change. You've got to speak to Kelvin, the personal trainer. <laughs> exactly. I'll sort it out for you. Yeah. I'll sort things out. But exactly right. The training, you know, in that moment when you're feeling fatigued, tired, or at home saying, man, do I need to go to the gym today? That's it. All that process is all about independency, you know? 100%. No one's going to give me the results that I've gotten over, over time. No one's going to, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So exercising is a lot more than posing. A lot of people say, man, look at this guy posing. <laughs> but why don't you applaud that guy for doing all the hard work that got him to where he is now? 100%. Why does no one think of it like that? For sure. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's bring it back to that challenge that you had when you were 14 and you had to make that decision. What were the sort of emotions you had, in, all these sort of emotions that you are going through and what was your thought process in making that decision between you know, moving away from everything else and starting a new life, basically, or staying here and basically having to live under your uncle? Okay, that's a very good question. Honestly, when I was 14, I was very young, innocent, naive. I didn't, re I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't developed enough to make my own decisions. Right. You know? So, long story short, I was at my uncle's door, Uncle Richard's door, and I was saying, like, you know, thank you for everything, goodbye, I'm moving to Canberra. So my decision was already made by someone else. Right. I didn't get to make that decision. Okay. But when my uncle saw me there, a little chode, little short, fat chubby <laughs> kid, holding a box, yeah. leaving, he's like, I'm not letting this guy go and waste his life in Canberra. You know, I'm, I'm going to take this guy in. So he really made a massive decision, like on the spot. You know what I mean? Mm. No, there was no warning. He wasn't expecting this, nothing. He just literally let me move in. So I guess the emotional challenges that I was going through was like 
I feel like I'm a burden to my uncle. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's like I've just moved in and I've just put all my problems and everything on him when he already has his own lot. You, you know, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But also going through that, the challenges that he made me face by giving me routine, teaching me principles, teaching me, uh, giving me a routine pretty much. So yeah. as simple as cleaning, yeah, doing your bed, eating proper food. So that was completely out of my comfort zone because I didn't do any of that. Right. I was spoon fed. I was yeah, spoon fed. Right. Fair enough. So the person I am now and all talking about independency and you got to do it yourself. That all came from my upbringings from 14 onwards, moving in with him, mm-hmm. you know? Fair enough. And with your uncle, I guess, I don't know if you would have a good idea, but how has he developed to become the person he is to be able to influence you in such a way to completely change your life and push you to become the person you are today? I guess because at the time when I moved in with him, he wasn't, <clears throat> he wasn't married and he didn't have his own kids. So right. I kind of... Gave him the opportunity, uh, like, okay. test me, and then when the time comes for you, yeah. and thank God he's got three boys now, so right. I pretty much put him through hell, you know, <laughs> I, I gave him the worst time, so I guess that was a positive for him, yep. and family's massive to him, so yep. he always saw it as a blessing and opportunity for him to support someone, yeah, right. you know, so, but that journey of me being at his house, and I've been there for almost 10 years, you mm. know, so... That journey for him, it supported him and made him, you know, more like the person he is now where he gets to support other people. Yeah. And now he knows how to raise his kids. And, yeah. You know, so, so you were his guinea pig, basically. Pretty much. You can call <laughs> me a pig. Yeah. So, yeah. And so how old was your uncle at that time when you were 14? Oh, man. Are you good at maths? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm 24. I'll say 10 years. Oh, he's 34. There you go. He's he was 34. 34. Okay, cool. So he, that was his... Um, like, he was leaving his party type day. Right, you know? okay, cool. He was really busting hard at work and yep. whatnot, but he wasn't expecting... Did he have Phoenix there at that time already, or...? He did. Phoenix was working in a bedroom upstairs, which I was uh, helping him very... Okay. S- and copying lectures and yelling yeah, right. for doing stuff wrong. Right, right, right. Yeah. Beautiful. And so, your uncle now, tell me about what he sort of does. Is he very similar to when you were 14, or has he also sort of developed and changed? No, he's developed and changed a lot, Me- mostly mentally. Okay. So when I first moved in, my uncle is a, just picture a typical Lebanese, <laughs> like he's just a bulldog. Yeah, right. He's loving heart, he's a great person, yeah, everyone right. that knows him, they yeah. know what he's like, but from what he was back then, he was um, a bit more like aggressive as a person, you know, okay. whereas now he's learned more self-development, calm himself down a bit, mm. you know, so I've, I've, like I'm saying, I've, that journey I put him through, all the challenges that I put him through, he's had a positive effect on it too. Right. And were you close at the time that you moved in or were you really like butting heads all the time? I was very fearful of my uncle. Okay. I was afraid of him. <laughs> right. Not because of the person he is, uh-huh. but because of his principles. Mm, he's very disciplined. He's very, he's all about principles, life. I was the opposite. I was a guy who used to just play games all day, every day. Go right. to school, come home, play games. That was me. Okay. He's against all of that. He's against laziness. Mm. Um, mm. All of that. So that's why I didn't... Like, I was, I was a bit afraid, you know, because yeah. we're the opposite. Yeah. But he slowly, slowly molded me and changed mm. me. And that's why the person I am now is like a mini him, in a way. Right. And so you think the biggest influence and, like, like, like you said, the person you are now has really mainly just been your uncle. Yeah, right? 100%. Has there been any other influences you think that have influenced you, Not maybe not to the degree to your, of your uncle, but yeah. more so just in the way you think or the way you talk, the way you act, any other influences? 100%, 100%. So I listen to a lot of 
podcasts, right. motivational videos. So people like Eric Thomas, mm-hmm. Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. TD Jakes, yep. those three, they all preach a different type of story, you know? So Eric Thomas is like a real hard dog. Like he talks real facts because it's his life. Yeah. Tony Robbins is more psychological, mm. spiritual, mm-hmm. and then TD Jakes is more spiritual. So all three of those, so I listen to either one of them at least once a day in the morning. As soon as I wake up, as I'm driving to work, yeah. I don't play my trance music. I listen to a <laughs> podcast, get yeah. myself in the mood, and then you know I execute throughout the day. So that really played a part in giving me a different perspective in a way where I've changed my routine, I changed my actions, my habits, and realizing that every day on earth is an opportunity. 100%. You may not see, people think that they've only made, like they've only executed an opportunity if they physically grab something, if yeah. they get a car, or if yeah. they make money, or if That's they, it. you know, but they don't see it like, thank God I'm living today. Yeah. The opportunities are out there, I need to go and get them. Dude, there are some days which I really bring it back down to the roots where it's like, I'm lucky to be human, bro. Exactly. The odds of being human is, I think, one to one trillion or, or something crazy. 100%. The fact that you're still alive now and you're living now is insane. And people don't, don't see that. People don't take that as an opportunity to execute and do whatever they wanted to do or, or, or what makes them happy. You know? And I guess what sort of brings you to that point where you can keep sort of coming back to being grateful and, and you know, expressing gratitude every single day? What has pushed you to start sort of think that way it goes back to that big challenge when i was 14 okay because like i said yeah. that was my make or break yeah. if i yeah. went to canberra mm-hmm. i don't i honestly hand up don't believe i would be i would have been i wouldn't have been the same person yeah you know and so, if you moved to canberra would you be with anyone or just by yourself <laughs> i would have been with my dad okay my dad's kind of the opposite of my <laughs> okay. like he's, like, he's 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 like mainstream doesn't really believe in the whole safe self-development type of thing right you know so because my uncle richard's 10 years younger than him ah, obviously okay. times change yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so um gratitude really goes back to that my uncle letting me move in mm-hmm. him giving me a job yeah um being able to help other people makes me grateful yeah helping my cousins helping my family helping my clients mm-hmm friends as well where i can that also gives me gratitude um it's mostly to do with helping others that makes me grateful great and i think for you correct me if i'm wrong but that sort of hardship that you went through has shown you how difficult and how shitty people can get get sort of life handed to them yeah um and it, but instead you flipped it around and you've made the most out of it and yeah. now you're giving back to your uncle, you're giving back to all these other people who may be experiencing these hardships and going through challenges as well, yeah. um, which is great. I think with gratitude and even with happiness, you've got to sort of see the other side of, of, of the story as well. And if you don't see it, then you always live in this happy state where it's like, yeah, everything's awesome, everything's great. But when you see people go through these difficult things and, and people living lives where some people kind of even afford food, some people can't live in a house, yeah. you know, um, thinking about that can really, really change your perspective on things. That's very awesome, true. man. Um, cool. I think that was a really awesome, like mindset sort of was, brain yeah, thing. Was. That was awesome. <laughs> um, let's talk about your goals now. Let's say three years ago, yeah. um, would you have expected you to be where you are now? And where do you see yourself in the next three years? Honestly, I did expect in some way yeah. obviously you wake up you don't really know what like as in i'm not gonna say in three years i knew exactly i'm gonna be here yeah i'm right. gonna be looking like this feeling whatever yeah but i had goals i set myself goals at 23 years old mm-hmm. some of them have been have been achieved so awesome. to answer that i would say 
thank God, some I I did expect myself to be where I am now. Yeah. Um, one being uh, like that investment property, that was one goal. Yeah. For example, um, in terms of shares, because with investments, when you make that decision that you want to invest in something, you, you eventually, let's be honest, you're investing to provide value through that company, mm-hmm. and you're investing to make a profit. Mm. That's just that's just the game. Yeah. So when I'm investing in a company, I'm expecting to make a return, whether it's in six months, twelve months, twenty-four months, whatever it is. Yeah. So when I invested at twenty. I, I was hoping to reap the rewards now at 23, which, yeah. So in terms of three years from now, um, I'm hoping to level up in Phoenix as a person. Great. I'm hoping to become an A2 unrestricted certifier, so as my own qualification. So explain that certification to me. Okay, so as an A2 or an A1, let's say A1, that means I'm a accredited certifier who can issue building approvals for units, Childcare, shopping centers, like anything that has a wall and a roof, mm-hmm. doesn't matter whether it's 150 units. Yeah, I'm, I can have my name to that. I can say that I've issued, uh, I've issued Bob Jones the approval, yeah, <laughs> him the approval to go and build these units. Yep. Whereas when you're an A2, A3, you're a lot more limited because right. of your experience and your yep. qualification. They don't give you that responsibility to to do the higher upward. And so, what are you now at the moment? I'm a building consultant, so I'm not even anything. Oh, now. okay. Yeah. So you're a peasant. I'm a peasant. <laughs> yeah. So right now, I don't. I don't hold any accreditation. Yep. Um, I've got the experience for four years, so um, the, the experience is there. Um, but the qualification hopefully comes at the end of this year when I finish my masters. All right. And yeah. so, what are you studying at the moment? So I'm doing my masters in building surveying. And before that. I finished my Bachelor's of Construction Management at UNSW. Right. Okay. And how long was that degree? Three years. Three years. Talk to me about your uni experience. What sort of value do you think it has provided you? And how was your experience throughout uni? I know this year, last year was online, right? Yeah. Um, but before as well, what, what were you sort of like at uni? So my bachelor's at UNSW were the best time of my life. Yeah? UNSW, in terms of social life, man, was incredible. The amount <laughs> of friends I've made as well, which I still speak to now, yeah. just from then, you know, it's amazing. So. I kind of, besides the fact that I used to live in like Maryland, Parramatta, and I had to get to Kensington, mm. so I had to catch a, tra- a train and then a bus, yep. or the, I had to pick up a few friends and we all drive, uh, drive there. Besides the travel, UNSW is honestly the best uni in terms of social life, man. Yeah. And the fact that everyone, like, you know, HSC, how it's very competitive, mm. everyone wants to be on top of each other. Yeah. UNSW, bro, they're just there, do their time and get out. That's <laughs> what it was, man. Yeah. Do you think that's because. It was the people in your bachelors as well, which was the reason why. Um, my assumption is that a people, a lot of people doing the, a bachelors in what was it? Um, construction, construction management, management yeah. would be quite similar to yourself, right? Yeah. Um, do you think it's because of the people who were in your degree, or was it more just UNSW as a whole? I was. I still think it was UNSW as a whole. Okay. To be honest, because I know a few friends who done other courses and they had similar experiences. Yeah. Um. So I would say it's as a whole. I can't. But besides that, like I know obviously being involved in my bachelors and the people that you know, I was associated with, they were very similar minded. Mm. And the ones that weren't so similar minded, they became motivated oh, to great. become. Yeah, so right. it was a very positive environment. Okay, that's good. And, yeah. and so now with online uni, how is that fitting into your schedule? Do you have classes and lectures and stuff that you mm. have to do while you work or what's how's it work? So there's so my course is purely online. It's okay. an actual online course. So oh right. It's really like 
all the onus, responsibility, accountability is on you. I'll give you a timetable saying this is what you got to do every week, mm-hmm. but you do it. Uh, so there is no online lectures. Well, not that I watch any of, to be honest. <laughs> Man, uni is one of those things, I'll be honest with you. You get most knowledge and experience in the field. Yeah, you know what 100%, I mean? for sure. Like, like my course right now, the stuff that I'm learning, not much of it can be applied. So in terms of my schedule, it's, it's all on me. Like whether I do it in the morning or evening, yep. it's all on me. So the fact that you know that a lot of the stuff that you're learning can't be practically applied, do you still put a lot of effort into it or do you just do it to get it done? So this is my second and last year of my master's. When I, my first year, I gave it 120%. I wanted these. I wanted distinctions. Yep. Let's be honest. That's what I wanted. Now, I'm happy with the credit, man. Like, <laughs> because the, yeah. the way I see it now is I'm not getting this master's to apply at some crazy rank. Like, Let lease or like... Yeah, I'm, that's not what I'm for. Yeah. I already have my future. I've already made a decision that I'm happy to get a credit because I just want that paper at the end of the day. Mm. You know what I mean? That paper isn't going to say, congratulations, you know, you're, you're qualified, you've um, graduated, but these are your marks at the bottom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Me and 100 other 50 people, we're all going to get a paper in the day. Yeah. That's all I want mm-hmm. because I already have my plan. Yeah. And once time. you get your masters, then you can be certified. That's, that's right. I can right. physically certify under my name. Right. So now I'm like reviewing documents and everything and then telling the certifier, this is all good. Do your yeah. review, issue it. Yeah. But when I'm accredited, I'm, I, I want to have my name and my own title. That's it. Beautiful. I think I feel very similar in terms of the content that I learned in uni. I feel like the content that I learned was essentially irrelevant. I did a Bachelor of Commerce and the, the shit they teach you at uni is just like, a lot of it's bullshit, man. Mm. It's just someone who said, this is what students should learn. Let's put it in the curriculum and let's get them to learn it yeah. from textbook. Yeah. That's the shit that they do for uni. For me, the most value that I got from uni was meeting people, networking people. And I think those practical experiences, you know, getting internships, going out and, and you know, pitching to people, selling to people, those were the most important experiences and the most value that I got from uni. And I think, like, I'm not trying to say don't go to uni. I think uni is actually a really good place to um, learn very important skills that you need in your life, such as researching, you know, researching um, how to make sure that you're, you're getting the right information from the right people, from the right sources, learning how to talk to people, how to network people. Those are the sort of things that I really got a lot of value from uni. And I think that's why people should go to uni because you can't find an environment like that anywhere else. You can't find an environment where there's a whole bunch of, there's 200 people packed into a lecture hall yeah. and you're forced to talk to other people and forced to learn. Um, I think that has really set a lot of uh, positive, I guess, learnings in my head where I've got into uni, even though the content that I learned wasn't as relevant, I was forced to sit there and learn and make sure that my research was on point so that I could get the marks that I wanted. And then present it to in front of 150 people. Exactly. That's another thing as well. 100%. There's a lot of people now, like with the clients that I've spoken to and worked with, they're all qualified. They have their titles. They've done all their paperwork. Mm. Put them in front of a class or put them in front of a room, have a meeting with five people. They can't speak. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's the point of having all the knowledge in there if you can't even present it? Present it. Exactly 100%. right. Yeah. Let's go back to you wanting to be able to certify buildings under your name. Yeah. Do you see yourself continuing with Phoenix long term or are you planning to move and do your own thing? I'm planning on staying with Phoenix. Yeah. But then when my uncle decides to retire, I'd like to carry on Phoenix. Right, yeah. If, if he chooses and he's like, you know, if he chooses to make me uh, into a replacement of himself mm-hmm. or to replace him, sorry, um, that would be an honour and I would love to do that. But I don't see myself working for someone outside of my blood. 
yeah that's yeah yeah fair enough and going into uni was this the whole plan all along so when i finished my hsc i wanted to i was i wanted to become an architect for example okay my uncle again i feel like all i'm doing is but this is like my <laughs> uncle is such a big part of my Should life have him on the podcast Man, I'm such a, he's such a big part of my life honestly yeah. if, if whoever knows me yeah. they know who they're looking at is another version 100 and like even for me talking to you these past few times and following you on instagram and stuff all you like everything that i feel like you've been able to talk about not being able to talk about but a lot of the stuff that you um sort of preach you say you've learned from your uncle as 100%. well and I, I guess 100%. i see the respect that you have from him and i can see the influence that you've had uh, he's had on you as well i'll tell you why i do that as well because i know there's people out there who don't have someone yeah right. do you know what i mean i'm right. grateful to have him mm. And whatever he teaches me, I like to preach it out to others. Mm. So I'm like there, not necessarily there's someone, but I'm someone who wants to help yeah. and share that knowledge, share that, you know, that yeah, message. That's it. So that's the whole part of my Instagram. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, but going back to the question, I wanted to do architecture. Mom said, no, you go do bachelors of construction. I'm like, <laughs> sure. all right, let's do it. So he made that decision for all me. Right. Obviously, it was mutual. He didn't just force me to do it. <laughs> yeah. But he, it's like he had a plan for me. Right. It's like he can't, okay. because he's like that. Whatever he does, whatever his action is, he, he, had, he knows the purpose of it. You know what I mean? So it's like he told me, you go do this bachelors because I want you to start working for me. Mm. So I did that bachelors. After that bachelors, I knew because I was working at Phoenix throughout all my uni yep. that my next step is to do my master's in building surveying. Mm. So he guided me into mm. my career, okay. you know? Yeah. Let's talk some business now about Phoenix as a company. My assumption is that you know Phoenix quite well as a company. How has it grown these past few years and what's been the main contributors of growth, you think? Okay, so Phoenix has been established for like over 10 years. Yep. Since my uncle first opened his company, he was working from bedroom in a bedroom in his house. Now he has his own office um, and growth in terms of numbers is one thing. Financials, don't, yeah. And then, <laughs> don't about that. And then um, more of the service, the level of service that yeah. we give to clients. That is the main thing. Yep. The loyalty that we're getting from clients because they're happy with what we're producing for them. Mm -hmm. That we're not just someone at a desk reviewing just for the sake of reviewing. We're actually treating this like it's our own home yep. in compliance with the legislation disclaimer there. <laughs> and then um you know so we've seen a lot of growth in terms of happy clients clients spreading the word yeah um certifying new areas like central coast Oran park mm -hmm. the newly subdivided areas yeah there's been a lot of growth in there okay there's been growth in the environment of phoenix the community like our team um in terms of uh, new employees but also how we are changing those employees mm, right like my as you can tell we're sitting in a gym in my uncle's gym you know yep. so the fact that my uncle thinks of fitness so highly and he mm -hmm. knows that when you put in the work at the gym you're gonna express it in other avenues yeah he's making all his staff members or staff work out oh really Do you know what i mean okay so he's he's promoting good health yeah eating right because the way he sees it is if they're eating right and they're training and they're staying sane and they're going to be able to produce yeah, in comparison to someone who, you know, just may not exercise and doesn't get that whole like positive energy mm -hmm. and productivity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, man, fitness, let's be real. Fitness has a real 
impact on someone's productivity, mental clarity. Hundred percent. So, and I've got clients as well. Like they've been. I've got a, a lot of clients who are business owners yeah. or, or are quite high up in their company, and a lot of them come to me. Their first goal to start with is just. Uh, achieve better mental health. Yeah. You know, it's not even about the fitness goal, about feeling physical. And um, some people do come to me and they say, look, I want to lose weight, I want to gain weight. And then in about a month's time, two months' time, they start to say to me, look, I don't even care that much. I don't stress myself that much about losing weight or gaining weight. It's about the mental clarity, it's about the, the psychological effects that they get from working out, um, which really does make a difference. And that's why I preach exercise so much, and that's why I'm a personal trainer, to be able to, um, you know, preach this and... and help other people actually experience this and, and feel better and produce a lot better as well, more efficiently. Man, like my, my ability to go to work and, and just smash work for 12, 13 hours a day, yeah. go home, have dinner, and then continue working, yeah. it's because of the work I'm putting in the gym. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I think for me as well, like I can definitely relate. Because I've got, I, I spend a lot of time at the gym not, I guess not working out because I'm with clients. Yeah. When I do work out, I feel like the, the sessions that I have after I work out are so much more engaging yeah. for my clients. And it's really because I've worked out myself and I've been able to put time into improving myself and developing myself that I am able to actually um, help my clients a lot better. That's a big thing, man. A lot of people want to help others, yeah. but you know, they're, they're not even putting the time to develop, develop themselves. So yeah. that's a big thing where you got to... You gotta self. You gotta pretty much put yourself in that environment to improve yourself, develop yourself, and through that, you're gonna start naturally yeah. helping others. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Um, to finish it off, I think we're reaching time now. We're at forty-five minutes, man. Nice. <laughs> um, let's talk about the future. Um, what are your short-term and long-term goals looking forward for the next five, ten years, um, and where do you want to see yourself? Okay, I would like to see myself still at Phoenix as yep. a accredited certified. Yeah. Um, that's definitely my goal in terms of career. Yeah. Um, in terms of fitness, I've been a little bit stuck in terms. Of, I'm not too sure. I've changed my interpretation of fitness for myself. Mm-hmm. I've now before I was training hard because I wanted to look a certain way. Yeah. Now I'm using fitness to feel a certain way right. and then use that to produce at work mm. or in my investments mm-hmm. or in shares or whatever it may be. So in terms of training, it's more of that mental clarity and training myself into a way where I'm more disciplined, I'm more strict on certain things and then I can apply that in other avenues. Um, that's pretty much it for training. With work, like I said, with Phoenix, I'm not really looking at opening my own side hustle because yeah. I've got my own side hustle, so I should clarify. But I'm not looking at growing that. That's yeah. not my main focus. Yeah. You know, I think that's another thing where people want to try mm. do so many things, mm. but then they're doing seventy percent at everything. Yeah. I know for myself, my my, my everything I'm doing is for Phoenix. I'm giving that hundred, hundred and twenty percent. Yeah. Whatever comes comes with it. Yeah. They're just bonuses. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And so, look, you talked about your career. You talked about fitness. Um, is there anything else beyond that that you feel like you are also putting energy into? Say, for example, relationships or, or anything of that sort of area. Relationships in terms of networking, 100%. Don't give my girlfriend any hints to marriage or anything like that. Um, but in terms of networking, 100%. That yep. is a big thing as well. The power of networking, yep. meeting new people, being more confident to go to certain meetings by myself, right. etc. So that, 100%. Yep. Um, also, man, look, 
the, we were talking about self gratification a bit earlier, and that's very true about some people want that instant reward. Yeah. yeah. And self gratification is very important. Mm-hmm. For myself, I'll be honest with you, something also that I'm working on, if it comes, it comes, is getting myself a little car. Nice. That's me. Yeah. Because the way I also see it is when you're grinding, you've got to also accept the fact that, God forbid, we could something could happen to us the next day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I could be talking now, but tomorrow you see me on Old Windsor Road with a bus over me. Do you know what I mean? That's how I, that's how yeah. I see it as well. Yeah. So in saying that, I want to enjoy life. Hundred well. percent. Yeah. And I want to be like, look, I'm in my twenties. If I get married in my thirties, I'm not going to be someone who's speeding, for example, or driving a bit recklessly because mm. I have a family as well. Yeah. So a car, a new toy, is something I kind of want in the next three years or four yeah. years or yeah. three, say three years. Yeah. So that's a little goal for mine. Um, just just to reward yourself along the way because if you're man I work with some clients I'm telling you that they're multi-millionaires mm. but they aren't happy within themselves because they don't exercise mm. they don't eat right mm-hmm. they don't have that relationship with people yep. because they're just focusing on money yeah man if you're just focusing on money like there's big the series you're gonna you're gonna see consequences along the way you mm. know so it's important to reward yourself along that journey yeah. too and so what kind of what sort of what kind of car are you looking at getting Look, I want an Audi R3. I know a lot of people <laughs> on Instagram have messaged me saying, man, I love that car. And that's, yeah. that's a little goal for me, man. Yeah. I love those sure. little cars, but fast. Pocket rockets. Pocket rockets, yeah. bro. That's it. For sure. You know? I'm not love here that, saying bro. I want an AMG because they're going to look at me like, what a typical level in an AMG. <laughs> I like my Audi R32s. Nice. nice, nice. Or RS3s, RS3. whatever they're called. RS3. RS3. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah. What you mentioned before about money. Chasing money. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really good sort of note to end on. For me, that's been a challenge for myself, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I, I've had to find or almost just, just keep exploring the fine line between working for money yeah. and working for, or sort of like you, using that money for enjoyment, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think for me, coming into, I guess, my job, a thing that was always in the back of my head was, was the money aspect, of course. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's definitely something for all businesses. Obviously, you want to be working for money, right? You don't want to be working for free. Of course. Um, but I think if you're always thinking about working for money and making money quick, yeah. I think it's, it's an issue that can't be solved in any way. For me, what I've now sort of explored or discovered is more so just working for enjoyment and being happy with what I'm doing and finding ways to actually provide value without looking for any return, not expecting anything in return. And I think for me, that's made me a lot more happy and a lot more, make work a lot more enjoyable for me. Um, And I think for me, like it's still a work in progress for sure. I I have to admit that it's not always there. Uh, There's always money in the back of my head there. Um, But yeah, definitely something I'm, I'm working on for myself. Part of the game, and don't like, don't get me wrong. With it. that's always going to be someone there. That's always on my head as well. Yeah. It's going back to knowing that money is always there. Yeah. It's always going to be there. That government there is always printing, printing, <laughs> printing money. It's going to be there. Yeah. If people, so let's talk about myself. The time where I did focus a lot on money, which goes back to my twenties and my twenty ones. Mm. That's when I was so just thinking. You know, I noticed myself burning out. Yeah. Losing motivation if I didn't just see it. Mm-hmm. Losing relationships too. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. The fact that if I'm so caught up on this one thing, 
I don't know what I'm not interested in anyone else yeah let's be honest like that's how I saw it like I don't I'm just so focused on it that I'm not looking at going out or socialising like that that's a very bad position to be in mm. so <clears throat> it goes back to that idea where over that two three years someone I'm not going to say his name it's my uncle I don't want to just say <laughs> my uncle he taught me that when you provide value to people yeah if you just focus on value the money will come 100% the money will come 100% but if you're focused there's another saying where if you want to cure a rat you give it cheese like you give it something it wants if you're just focusing on that rat you're not going to get it yeah. so if you're focusing on money you're not going to get it if you focus on what makes you money mm -hmm. you'll get it it comes yeah. with time yeah I think the other thing that's really important is providing value. For me, like whatever I try to do, whether it's my work with PT, whether it's this podcast, whether it's um, with Daily Hustle Apparel, everything that I've been sort of pushing towards and gearing everything towards is providing value to whoever I can and expanding that value and, and diversifying how many people I can reach with the value that I can provide. And you're right, 100%. Once you can provide value to people and when you do, that's when you see results. And whether that result is money, that's awesome. But if, it, if the result is a new relationship, the result is you know, someone saying thank you and being happy with exactly. saying you've provided so much value and you've taught me so much, that is all worth, I would say, even more than money exactly. itself. Exactly. And you're right, money will always be there, whether you're on Centrelink or, or government's is. printing money. It's always there. So it's, that goes back to the whole rat race, man. That yeah. we're thinking like, you know, am, am I behind time? Mm. That, that I always think like that. Am yeah. I behind time? Then they go back to the saying, you versus you. Look at yourself now. Look yeah. at yourself three years ago. That's Are it. you ahead? If you're not, adapt. What have you done wrong? That's mm. how it should be. Yeah. One last thing that I will say, if unless you've got anything else. <laughs> That's it. Finish it off. 80, 20% rule. If you want to talk about money and you want to end this off with some more value to people, learn 80, 80 20 80% saving your money and the and investing it, shares, businesses, whatever it may be, invest it. 20% spending, don't even care where it goes. Blow it on petrol, blow it on dinner, blow it on some girl you just met, don't, don't even care. 20% blow it, 80% save it, because when the opportunity comes, you've got 80% every week building compounding. That's it, compound interest. Compound interest, man. That's it. That's it. Let's end it there, bro. Thank you so much Thank for being you. part of episode two. Thank you. For the record, we just um, shook hands. We're COVID safe, it's right. <laughs> I'll sanitize. <laughs> but thank you so much for tuning in for episode two of the Daily Hustle podcast. Hopefully we'll have Chris back here again. Chris, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, that comes to 50 minutes. Let's end it here. Thanks, guys, for listening. Make sure you tune in to Daily Hustle podcast at dailyhustle.apparel for the link. Um, also check out our apparel. Um, and Chris, where, we can, where can we find you? My Instagram is C Shalala, but replace the A. Maybe just put it up for some <laughs> We'll put it in the uh, speaker notes uh, at the bottom of the podcast. Anything else you want to add? Thank you, and all the best for 2021. Beautiful. Thanks, guys.